Aiga. If you're an American and you're professing to be a Christian, well, of course, as American citizens, what we want is accountable leadership. Why don't we throw in a constitution so they know what's in that? Get engaged in the political process. You, my friend, are part of the problem and not the solution. The church needs to rise. Rise. Hey, welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Happy almost New Year to you. Oh my God. I think we were literally dropped like the biggest gift from heaven ever yesterday. Uh, For those of us here in the state of Georgia, we have been waiting for the legislature to quit playing hot potato with our election. We are currently in the runoff of our lifetime right here in the state of Georgia with our Senate Uh, runoff. It it, it has turned into a complete mess, divided the GOP, completely split down the middle, fissured. Uh, And yesterday, for many of you who were watching, uh, the Senate subcommittee uh, hearing was a complete, I mean, I had popcorn, beer, like, I mean, we were like, what? Who is this guy that literally came out of nowhere? Uh, and I have that guy with me today. Many of you recognize him from uh, the History Channel's Treasure Hunter. That would be Jovan Pulitzer. Uh, Jovan is with me today to talk about what happened yesterday, what we're doing moving forward, what all of this means. Jovan, thank you for being with me. Happy to, happy to be here. Yes. You know, that history hunting stuff and that treasure hunting stuff, that's my my personal passion because I work like a forensic historian and go out, you know, busting these old treasure legends or helping teams all around the world understanding what they're dealing with. But in my professional life, yeah. right, yeah. this is what enables me to do that. And my professional life is I'm like, if you saw me on TV, now you understand I was talking nerdy stuff. But when you see me on TV, you realize I'm just a nerd hiding out in the biker's body. <laughs> I love it. Love the biker's <laughs> body. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like you also, most people do not know, this is so impressive. I love the fact that you're such a brainiac and you have such a great sense of humor. But you hold over 200 patents. Uh, and they're used on over 12 billion handheld devices around the world. What are you most noted for that we use? every day um well it, 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 i actually have i i do almost a hundred patents a year wow and so you understand you know most patent authors are lucky to have two or three or four patents right i have hundreds and hundreds in all 189 countries but some of the things i'm most noted for that you would never know it was this uh, original texas boy that it's come up with but remember the old days when uh, you'd buy a uh, Microsoft software or something like that. And we had like 16 CDs and that's how we come off floppies. But now we got CDs and you got to load it all in and wait. But right. then all of a sudden everything mm-hmm. went virtual and it just kind of worked on your machine and you just got a little card, put in your code and do it, mm-hmm. which is automatic install and automatic update. Well, that's me. I knew those media would go away and engineered that patent of how does all that stuff work? And so that's now how your phone updates. It's how your cable box updates or your Netflix or your Hulu, all of them update the automatic updating. And that's all driven by unique codes on the machine, machine readable codes that talk to the net to do it. Another one, when you now go to the airport and you don't any longer print a boarding pass and you just get a little code on your phone and you just put it down and go through. That's me. I do remember when first showing American Airlines, they go, we're going to have to install barcode scanners to make this work. But here we are. It's just the way it is. 
um, how you actually track money and exchanges and shopping cart and stuff like that. Probably an easiest examination is, you know, when you go to a toll booth and we used to chunk change and now you have a little tag up in your car. Well, that is machine readable code and we're connecting that code to a credit card function so you don't have to throw it. So that's my patent. Or in the old days when we, before we started getting smartphones, you know, we had this thing called the internet and we looked at these pictures and then when we got smartphones, everything was wonky and broken and you had to size and resize to try to look at it. But now the internet inherently uh, understands the device that you're looking at and adjust accordingly that dynamic function. That's me. So that's some of my uh, nerdier things I've done that you use all the time. But yes, my scanning that connect yes. uh, a lot of times some people miss identify it. I am the creator of what's called CRQ. That's the letter C, the letter R, the letter Q. That stands for C like C with your eyes, R for a collective, Q meaning a Q code. That's where all this Q code and Q comes from. You're cued in to look at something. So back then in the mid nineties, when I originally started working on it, barcodes were just basically static things. It meant inventory in, inventory out. So when all these codes started talking to the internet, I'm the guy that did it to pump that system. So it's actually every code, Q codes, QR codes, uh, ISBNs, barcodes. It's why your phone can look at any code and just pop a picture of it. Boom, you go to the internet. That's some of my handiwork. That is fascinating. Positively amazing. And did you ever think... That with all of this knowledge and all of these patents that you could ultimately end up in your lifetime holding the key to literally the freedom of our country. You know, it's I, I have to tell you, I'm just being totally frank and honest with you. You know, I, I, I love the talents that God gave me, but there's a lot of talented people out there that don't actually use them. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of got blessed twice. I have the talent and I can actually use them. So I I do kind of feel interesting and chosen that way and always known I was here for a purpose. I can tell you a little bit when you see headlines that I'm the man who'll save America. It's a little bit unnerving uh, a bit. Not that I can't do it. Not this won't do it. But to know how much this means to uh, humankind. And I don't want to ever let anybody down. So that's a little bit gives me a, a second of pause. Um, but you know, we're all put here for a reason. Amen. And I truly believe that my particular unique gifts, you have to understand, you know, I came in as a young kid in, in scanning in a world that it was a multi-billion dollar industry. And when I had to figure out scanning, there were already multi-billion dollar companies and I had to work around 3,600 existing patents in the space. Mm-hmm. But my gift is to be able to see where the gaps are, what was forgotten, how it can be improved, and then not only how to create something, but how to uh, force people to uh, additionally contend with my patents. And that's why my patents, in this case, we'll just call them roughly 200 patents for what makes all this scanning and all this other stuff work over the Internet. Um, that, you know, it's become a wildly successful portfolio with every major manufacturer in the United States, you know, licensing to it over 400 some odd countries. I do have one company that uses it who doesn't officially license it, but uh, that's the company of Huawei. But we know why they do that over in China. Mm-hmm. They still take it. But you know what? I'm honored I can do this. And if this is what 
I was put on this planet to do, I accept the charge and I'm totally pleased with it. Amen. Okay. Well, apparently the subcommittee here in the state of Georgia of the Senate was equally as uh, impressed as the rest of us were, not only with your credentials, but with the testimony that you gave yesterday and the official resolution of that, of that subcommittee reads uh, that the Fulton County Board of Elections would make the absentee ballots cast in Fulton County on the November 3rd election before the November 3rd election made available to be inspected by the Chile group through the process that Mr. Pulitzer outlined earlier today. So let's get into the meat of what you outlined yesterday and what Georgians and really the country can expect that you're about to embark on here in Fulton County. Uh, I want everybody listening to understand just a few things first. So let me set some ground rules. This is no longer about right versus left, believers versus non-believers, Democrats versus Republicans, or whatever even president ends up in the White House. This is much bigger. Mm-hmm. This is not even a, a, about a great divide in the country. The divide happened. It's over. We're there, and we are standing on the cliff. And this is about whether this great country of ours is going to survive. And I know it is a horrible thought to have because nobody believes that they will be the particular generations around in their lifetime that monumental things like this happened. But here it is. The, the biggest concern in all of it, and even when you see that Senate uh, subcommittee here in Georgia uh, do that, it's still a battle. It is still a battle. And so all I'm saying is something very, very simple. And even though I'm a nerd hiding out in a biker's body, you have to understand what it is. And when, you know, you have to understand how this game is played. When somebody walks in and says, we want to image a machine and they allow it. If you don't know what you're asking for, yeah, you get the Dominion information, but Dominion didn't give you the secret sauce passcode that encodes it by. So you get it and you can't do anything with it. And then they go, you ask Dominion for the code to look at it. And they go, well, you got to do a a new separate legal order for that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if you decide not even to do that order, which will extend it longer and you hack into it, then you've actually broken the chain of custody. And so these are the games that are being played inside with the property of the United States citizens that voted. You as a Georgian paid for that paper, that printing, that machine, and those people that staffed it, this is your property, supposed to be for 22 months, and politicians are playing games with it. But the lowest hanging fruit to understand what happened, and let's just say what it is, if what is in question is the mail-in ballot. Correct. And that is what decided this election were the first time in history where we're normally accustomed, just like the last presidential election before this, when waiting up till 3.36 in the morning to get the final results, all of a sudden says, well, we're going home for the night, folks. We'll get back at it in the morning. And then we see these spiked numbers. Right. Well, what it is that kind of triggered me is if, if the mail-in ballots, it, then there's rules around mail-in ballots. When it comes off the machine, it has to be folded, put into an envelope, sent out. It goes through that process two or three times. And I saw all of these ballots going into the system, supposedly mail-in ballots, that were never folded. Right. And how can it be a mail-in ballot if it was never folded? Well, they'll tell you through smoke and mirrors that, well, that's a spoiled ballot. Spoiled ballot is kind of like, well, we couldn't read it, so we decided what it said, so we made a new one. Or uh, my dog ate it, and I spilled my coffee on it, so we had to correct it. It's kind of a little smoke and mirror thing. But normally, in about 500,000 ballots, you might have 2,500 of those. You won't have hundreds of thousands right and so we kind of have to play a little game of just look at was this ever mailed uh of course we're not dealing all our cards Mm -hmm. of what we can see but at the same time we can tell that a human fill it out which is by law did you do it with a pen did you do it right did you fill it out Mm -hmm. does it have a human dynamic 
or was this a ballot that was printed wrong? Was this a ballot uh, high speed copied and not even printed? That's a telltale sign of a fraudulent ballot. Uh, was it filled in by a machine? The machine's not supposed to vote for you. And so we're able to look at all these things. And so I'm able to sit back and understand, again, where are the holes in the system to basically come in? And that's why it's sweeping the nation. People just understand and get it. It's just like I did. You're going to walk up to a soda machine, a snack machine, and you put in a dollar bill. And if that dollar bill is not a dollar bill, it's not going to work. It's going to spit it back out at you. If it's printed wrong, if it's faded, if it's broken, it's going to spit it out. That's machine saying, hey, this isn't right. And, and so we can look at these things on a very simple level. We don't even have to get into the Dominion machines. We just want access to the actual ballot because, you know, why? nobody trusts the machines. You know, we thought we might be voting on our, on our mobile phones. I can guarantee you that's not going to happen now. But that physical ballot, that is your artifact. That is your historical piece of paper. It's like I said, you know, a piece of paper is a lowly piece of paper. It's like that old uh, cartoon we used to watch as kids about a lonely bill making it to Capitol Hill. Well, it became an important piece of paper when it became a ballot. It became a piece of history when the person put their marks on it voting for a president. It's a historical artifact. And so what I want to look at is that exact historical artifact. I don't care about the machines. I don't care about the hokey pokiness on the machine. I don't care about if there's servers in Taiwan or Germany or wherever it is. Right. And I don't care if it was actually had to be vetted through Jeffrey Epstein, if in fact he's still alive. I just want to see a physical ballot, right? right? right. And we're going to take a forensic identical copy at it. And we're going to say, okay, now we got it. Let's take a look at what this tells us. And by the way, this is the same way they catch counterfeiters or forgers. And if we can send a person to prison with one single fingerprint and take his life, we should be able to use this type of forensic evidence to put a final nail in the coffin for cheating. And by the way, what we're developing right now mm-hmm. to even detect this is what you will see in the next round of election as security measures. And we will make sure this never happens to American people again. Amen. What is kinematic artifact? Like that, that it's is word your I'm, world. Okay. Yeah. It's a word I made up. Oh. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was like, is this, like, is this part of the new, yeah, okay, new dictionary? Okay. No, not at all. Kinematic is a is the physical term in physics, the study of science. Remember, what right. I'm talking about is not opinion. If I look at a ballot and say that wasn't folded and I testify, it's really just my opinion. Everybody's got one. But when you put it through a scientific process, that means you use machines and math and everything to do it to establish a formula for proving it. That turns it into the scientific method, which turns it into absolute scientific fact. Kinematics, right, Mm -hmm. is basically, in this instance, it is the properties, the physics involved when basically two metamaterials or metamaterials, meaning in this case, just call it paper, when the physics of that is pressed to the paper, that the paper actually gets distorted and changed into something else. Okay. okay. A good example is most of us at some point in our life had to break a piece of wire and we didn't have pliers. So what we did is we bent up, down, up, down, down, and we just wiggle, 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 it gets hot and that wire pops in half. Right. That's a kinematic artifact. That is basically physics and motion and compression and dynamics, changing the fold, changing the material, stretching it out, bending it till it becomes weak. And so basically we're looking at that weakness, that impression, that mark of physics, right? Right. That proves something's happened. An easy, literal way to understand is if you're driving a car down the road 
and you gear runs out in front of you and you slam on your brakes and you leave skid marks, technically those skid marks are a kinematic artifact. Right. Much like, this is going to be very unladylike of me, and I'm from the South, but I did have one of my followers ask me if if there was an aroma in the room after you successfully, uh, someone on your team successfully hacked into a Fulton County polling station, so quite possibly like this, get some of the skid marks left. Uh, That's right. In the Senate Judiciary. I was, uh, it was really interesting, you know, there was a little room effect in that room, and I do think that uh, it's really interesting, I What I observed wasn't that people's faces, but I noticed a lot of dubious characters that might be involved in this. And that when they stood up, uh, they were still connected into their chair that went with them because they sucked up the cushion (laughs) when they saw the evidence. So I thought that was pretty telling. Or, hey, since we're there, let's stay there for just a second. Okay, so all jokes aside, so you did rush back to the podium and say, hey, uh, fun fact, I'm actually in, we are in right now in one of your polling stations. And right now, like I said, the GOP is divided right down the middle. You've got people saying, show up and vote. Your vote matters. I am personally of the school and the thought of, yeah, you you can show up and vote, but it can be altered. Someone's watching. They still have access. It's still a compromised system. You just proved yesterday that this is a compromised system. What can happen with that type of access, Javon? Well, access is really simple. All that happened is at a polling place. We got to go back a little bit in time. You know, we, it's kind of unfortunate. You know, we discovered that there were phony devices in these polling stations that shouldn't be there that were relaying data back and forth. Such as? And one of these devices was reporting directly to China, and that should not be happening. Is this like a thermostat? Are these cell phones? Are they, like, what kind of devices? Well, this was a, this was a thermostat on okay. a wall. And oh, so we vetted wow. it all out. And it's right here near the voting machines. You're not supposed to have Wi-Fi doing that. It's not supposed to be anything. And that building's not supposed to be talking to China, especially that thermostat. Right. And so we did all the forensics and everything and verified it. And then as we reported as a team and it goes up the line of chain of command to be vetted out properly, all of a sudden you found that story leaked to the press. And that was not us. Okay. That was inside our agencies who kind of knew this stuff was going on, but kept on saying it wasn't. They kind of got caught. Mm-hmm. And in order for them to get ahead of the story, they leaked it. And so they can say, well, we heard it from this person, you know, the back channels and somebody reports it. And then they say, oh, we were made apprised of that. Mm-hmm. This is the most nastiest, ugliest, ickiest, gooeyest, black filth you've ever seen of muck. Right. And so that story shouldn't have got out, but we had to go on a report about and talk about it. And it just so happened we knew these things were going on, and we decided to sacrifice one really close to the area to explain it. And, of course, you know, now if you look at social media today and you look at the people that aren't patriots of the country, they're calling for me to be arrested because they're saying, he hacked a polling place, and that's a federal crime. So, okay, good luck with that. But you can bet that this was vetted properly and said before I said it. And as I told one very ignorant Facebooker, who was uh, claiming to be a more of expert on it, I basically said, what would make you think we would tell you the exact location, how it was done, and here's all the steps. So we let the perps go cut it off. 
And I said, are you a fool? Right. So I can tell you right now, you're hearing it first. You're the first one outside of the legal circles hearing it. We've had another one right now where you've got people standing in a line multiple blocks long, and it's chirping away to China as we speak. And oh I'll be breaking that shortly. God, unbelievable. Thank you for sharing that with us because I it has turned into such a... Uh, you know, for the life of me, I don't understand it. Sidney Powell brought it to everyone's attention initially. Why are we continuing on with a runoff and a compromise system? And for me, it was just proof positive yesterday that, hey, guys, it, this is hackable. Uh, and sadly, we are a divided nation, and especially in on partisan you know, along the party line. But I love the fact that you have continued to state over and over that this is an agnostic endeavor. This is not partisan, um, that everyone, including the DNC, should be contacting you about how to maintain the fidelity of our elections. Now, so some people, I, I asked my followers and listeners to uh, you know throw out some questions. One follower wants to know, it, how does this impact your technology uh, with the artifact recognition? How does this affect, let's say, if someone was a dead voter? That's not something that you're going to address, I imagine. No, no, no. Although it has a physical artifact, if you want to go dig them off, that has nothing to do with me. <laughs> Remember, there's many disciplines running at this. Okay. It just happens my particular gift, other than being a smartass in public, is to actually make it very simple <laughs> to understand what this technical stuff is. Right. And so for me, it's easy to show the American public, look, let's just look at these low-hanging fruit. Right. And that's my part of the process, right? Yeah. And there's many other processes, you know, fake machines, fake ballots, fake signatures, high-speed copies, not printed copies, international. There's, there's just so many different disciplines going on that I would tell you we have patriots running down all those channels and working out. This is literally, ironically, the war of a thousand paper cuts. Of course. Right? We've learned that our system might not prosecute some of the worst criminals in the world, but I can tell you what, you know, one paper cut can hurt like hell. Right. And so we're just inflicting a thousand paper cuts all over the body of this disrupted nefarious work. Right. And we will bring it down. And this is it. And so all the cockroaches are running for cover. And the reason I say cockroaches, I would be the first to say, even if it was happening on the conservative side, this is wrong. And this defeats what America is and should not happen. Absolutely. We all know that uh, politics has been uh, dubious. Right. Uh, this has happened all over, different ways, different things. But this is now about draining the swamp. That's the best analogy it is. Because if you've ever been in a swamp, a swamp can look like a very peaceful piece of water and ducks and cattails and all kinds of beautiful stuff. Right. But it. That smells like your bad uncle's fart after Mexican dinner at family <laughs> night, right? It's just absolutely disgusting. And even that smell, you yeah. just feel like you have to take a shower and wash it off. And that doesn't even work, right? It's kind of like Shrek and Donkey saying, and I had my mouth open and everything. <laughs> it's just kind of a stinky mess. And so it is. Um, all these disciplines are going for. Okay. All, all these disciplines are going for. And, and, and this is to save our great republic and just to make sure it doesn't happen again and it's exposed and it's changed and just like a lot of things in our life are changed like if we used to we used to take our photographs right to the little bitty little fox photos and the and the 
a grocery store parking lot and drop off our film, but now you do it. And we had all this other stuff, all those Photoshops are gone because we now do it. This is just a, a growing pain of, of, of happening on. And you remember the American people, the people around the world, we do not learn in good times. We don't pay attention in good times. We're right. thriving. We're doing great. Absolutely. Uh, we can't be bothered. We're moving on. We only learn when we basically get our butts handed to us. That's for sure. And it's just like the shoe bomber getting on a plane with a bomb in his shoe, and we found it. It was that problem, that issue, that disaster that made us pay attention that we could even plug it. And so I know as horrible as this sounds, and I know it's going to be a shock when I say it, but two of the greatest gifts mankind have ever been given is COVID and this messed up election. Because those crises opened us, our eyes and our minds to how we're manipulated, yep. corrupted, led by the nose and fed only tiny bits. And we're not going to stand for it. And it's a real simple thing. I'll give you fake news. People kept on saying fake news, fake news. What is that? Most people don't even know. I'll give this to your listeners. Go look it up. It's called the Smith Munt, M-U-N-D-T-H, Smunt Act. Look it up. It's actually... Legal by law for our federal government, this came up during the Obama administration, to create a totally fictitious story with no basis, release it to the press, pray, pay the press mm -hmm. to run it mm -hmm. as absolute truth and avoid prosecution. That came out during the Obama administration. That's why it's in play today. That's why they will say anything they want and it doesn't matter because they're protected by federal law. Absolutely, and thank you for sharing that, because sadly it's not only happening on the left with mainstream media, it's happening right here in my city of Atlanta uh, with supposed conservative commentators who are calling you and every single person who testified yesterday quacks who should ultimately have your heads examined. I mean, it is, it is bad. It is a sad day here uh, for all of us in Georgia when our own conservative station takes to the airwaves to, you know, accuse people who are attempting to, um, you know, ensure the, uh, the fidelity of our elections. We even from the secretary of state's office, I mean, it's just been a complete crap show from the beginning, taking zero accountability. So let me, I want to back up for just a second. And thank you for sharing that. Well, I want to, I just want to add one thing if yeah, I could, of course, all those people that in Atlanta that get on the radio, I will call you out. Put me in front of you, and I will sit down and show you exactly how this works, exactly how it is. I have nothing to hide. I'll debate you one-on-one, -on -one, but please understand, by the time I'm done, you're going to be outed as an idiot, and I expect you to admit it. Amen. I will actually attempt to uh, to broker <laughs> that conversation. <laughs> I would love to see that because and I'm laughing, but voters – deserve to know. And I'm going to tell you, I, Susan Knox sat right there and watched the shredding of ballots. We had Miss uh, Scruggs, or uh, I forget her last name, Sally yesterday uh, testified as well as to the things that she saw. And none of this is considered evidence, but yours, all of the other evidence aside, mm -hmm. Um, and testimonies and affidavits and all of that, sworn testimonies. I'm loving the fact that yours is going to leave basically zero excuse, no wiggle room. I want to ask you something. When we, when we saw the ballots go through the machine at the State Farm Arena more than one time, and I know that Senator Brandon Beach, who will be on with me later today, uh, is calling for those, he did several times yesterday actually in your meeting, called for those ballots specifically 
to be reviewed, will you be able to tell with this technology how many times a ballot has been run through? Absolutely. I want everybody to understand something. And if you've watched forensic files, you understand it. It almost be impossible nowadays to get along, get away with the murder. Right. Uh, unless you're a Democrat. But outside of that, <laughs> you get, get away with the murder, right? You, right. you usually can, can get, get convicted by the tiniest little evidence there. And right. Sorry for my humor, but yeah. that's just kind of true. And so you have to realize that before anything happens in the digital world, it must first have occurred in the physical world. So that ballot appeared in the physical realm with hard rules before it ever got into that machine. The code that runs the machine only expresses the intent of the individual okay. who coded. Okay. And so when you take anything and run it in a machine, it should have checks and measures. And I gave the example that if you went to the bank and you deposited $1,000, you expect the $1,000 to appear on your ledger. You don't get to pull that $1,000 back out, run it again, and all of a sudden you deposited $2,000. And then you keep on doing it and your balance keeps on going up. That's not how the systems work. But those machines have codes in them to read. And by the way, what people forget, that little bitty piece of paper that ran through has a code. So I can take one of those papers and I can turn it from code into an absolute image. Every hand stroke's different. Every little fold and ripple is different. And we can look for the patterns. And if it ran through multiple times, regardless of the code or the machine, we will find it. Excellent. What happens to the adjudicated ballots that quite possibly have been tossed at this point, even though state law uh, assures us that we should hold on to those ballots for, and requires that we hold on to them for two years? What happens in the event of the 100,000 plus adjudicated ballots, which is obscene, by the way, but what happens in that event? Uh, I'm not telling, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not at liberty to tell you over the air of, okay. of how we do it. Okay. Uh, but the evidence is so damning and so conclusive and can be done that if I was grabbing you by the back of the head and pinning your ears together, you'd be able to be looking at me by the time I got done behind you. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. So what else? I I want you to leave us with something. Um, I I want people have become so accustomed to being fed information. And like you said, it took COVID and it took this and almost losing um, our entire nation, our way of life, our liberty. Um, What can people do now in order to obtain and to acquire the information necessary to actually rebuild their trust in the system um, and in our way of life here? Well, I first, I would just go believe your eyes and believe your ears and question everything. I don't live in a world of periods. I live in a world of questions. So the bottom line right, is right. measure what the media tells you when they, you know there's no recourse and they can leg- legally lie, whereas we lie on the stand we go to prison. You just have to understand how this game is played. I know it looks like it's very slow and impossible, but I want to tell you this. We live in the most fantastic time in the world because if you wanted to go to a major institution like Yale or Oxford or any of those and you wanted to study a course, you can do it. Most of them are free. They're online. You can get that education you never had access to before. It's open to anybody in the world. That's great because we have all the information and knowledge. But at the same time in history, when we all have access to incredible information, we have been taught 
to take our news and 40 characters off of Twitch tweeting mm -hmm. and accept that as absolute truth. So we've become advanced in learning and ignorant in discerning at the same time. So you have to be willing to do a little digging yourself. It's out there. You can find it. You can spot it, challenge it, ask questions, and refuse to be like a professional reporter. Because a professional reporter will go, Mr. Politician, did you create a crime? And that politician will go, well, I'm glad you asked that. Yes, my favorite ice cream flavor is chocolate. <laughs> right? Yes. And then they move on to the next damn question. So either answer yes. my damn question or I'm going to keep on asking you this question until you answer the damn question. Exactly. exactly. And so what you need to do is you need to understand this is the power of the people in evangelism right now. You want to talk about witnessing? Here's what you do. You literally educate yourself on what's true and what's information. You learn how to understand. That's why I showed you in my videos how this works. You sit down with your doubting friend. You give them a flat piece of paper. You said, okay, I'm going to be the voter. You're going to be the, the voting commission. I want you to send me a mail-in ballot. You make them fold that ballot twice, put it in an envelope, lick it, and hand it to you. Open that damn envelope. You open that piece of paper and say, oh, before I vote, will you put this piece of paper packed straight for me? Right. And it won't happen, and they can't do it no matter what. Right. And your technology Evidence, has the ability. Become an evangelist, right. become a witness. Right. And witness to people, get together over your dinner tables, your supper tables, your lunches, your whatever, put people in, talk about these things, yeah. be consistent, be consistent, be careful what you buy into like a rocket in Nashville. When a rocket explodes, it comes down and blows. It doesn't shoot up into the air and then the explosion comes. That was the propane tank on the RV. Be careful what you buy into. If you're not 100% convinced with evidence, please don't talk about it. Find something you can be confident in, sink your teeth into, and hammer that message home over and over and over. Do what advertisers do. The reason you can uh, repeat the recipe for a McDonald's burger and what's on it and sing jingles or whatever the case may be, or it's, you know, 1-800-MY-PILLOW, right? Mm -hmm. The reason you know that is because it was pounded over and over and over and over in your head. Get out there, start pounding the truth in people's heads over and over and over. You don't have to be an expert in everything. Pick one you like, pick one you're willing to research, pick one you've done the research on and start spreading the word. I love it. Javon, when are, when do you begin the process? Uh, how much time does Fulton County have to actually comply with, uh, with the Senate's uh, uh, recommendation? Uh, where, where are we in the process? People are going to want to know that. I'd just like your uh, permission of you and your fine audience that as I answer you, I have your permission to piss you off at the same time. May I have uh, it? Yes, absolutely. The very moment that order went through and that order was filed and all the legal notices were done, it didn't even take four hours later to moving trucks where this stuff, the store was backed up to those buildings trying to get oh rid of evidence. Oh, my God. Un I mean, I wish I could say that's unbelievable, but I am a lifelong Georgia resident and Fulton County taxpayer, and that is simply not unbelievable. So what are we doing to secure the evidence that we need, that you need, in order to pull this off? Um, I wish I could disclose okay. all the things that we deal with. Oh um, but I would kind of say it's kind of like Unbelievable. maybe even what General Flynn went through. You know, you hire an attorney and because they come smooze up with you and they'll do whatever and they 
suck you for four and a half million dollars right out of your system, suck your life savings. They're supposed to be defending you. But what they do is set you up. It it is almost impossible to know who to trust. You got that. And if I had to look at the president, I would I would say with you and this would be my parting word. You know, I believe in America long before I believe in the president. I'll tell you how much I believe in the presidency is even though I didn't vote for President Obama and I will still refer to him respectfully as President Obama because he was president. I still never called him a name all during his tenure because I respect the office. But I can tell you in this particular president is kind of monumental because when you understand what he gave up financially for the country to do this, he's being attacked from all angles and he may only have six or seven really good people that will take a bullet for him. Then you understand that this is really a president that we're looking at. Um, Give it up for the people, but more importantly, set presidency aside, set parties aside, set who's going to be it aside. Folks, you're not only watching parties fight, People fight, hyphens fight, cultures fight. If you never believed there was a battle for good and evil, darkness Mm -hmm. against lightness, the reason this hurts your soul so bad is because you are now witnessing also a biblical battle at the same time. Yeah. Amen. Ephesians 6 and 12. Always, I remind my audience daily. Amen to that. Jovan Hutton Pulitzer, you are incredible. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule. If there's any other, you know, information that you can pass my way, that I can pass to my audience, if you want to come back on, you always have a space here on the Monica Matthews Show. And uh, thank you for that breaking news. I appreciate you, fellow patriot. Sure. People don't fight. Don't cuss with each other. Don't call each other names. Stay on the right side of this. I say I can sit down with any liberal or anybody of any culture. We can have a beer, sit down and find common ground. But the rule to that is we got to be able to talk. And this is about humans first. Mm-hmm. Keep it on that level. We'll get there. Amen. Thank you, dear. Have a great day. God bless. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, guys. So we're going to get, I will, I will elaborate on all of that with my own personal opinions here later on in the show. Sure. But I want, but I want to keep this going, uh, as it relates to this conversation. I have now with me Senator Brandon Beach of Senate District 21 here in the state of Georgia, who has been a very vocal champion of us getting to the bottom of our voting discrepancies here, voter fraud allegations and whatnot. And, uh, Senator Beach, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to get right to this. So I just had Javon Pulitzer on, who was, you know, the hero of any Georgian who, you know, sees what the heck is going on, whose eyes are open here in the state of Georgia, trying to get to the bottom of, you know, all the testimony that we heard yesterday, not just yesterday, been in weeks past. We're now 57 days into this thing, and it's like, where are we? Jovan comes forward and says, hey, I've got this amazing technology. Um, My company can basically tell you with 100% accuracy, right, how many ballots were printed by what machine, how many ballots were mailed, how many ballots were filled out by the machine, how many were counted more than once, how many were scanned more than once, all of this, you know, how many went through adjudication, all of this, and we're all thinking, holy crap, this is what we've been waiting for, is this, you know, irrefutable evidence identifier. He comes forward 
And he was just on with me with breaking news saying that no sooner had you guys passed this resolution yesterday that basically says, hey, we, we want Fulton County to comply uh, and, and give these guys with uh, what group is this? The Chile group. Uh, give them all the you know ballots and information they need and, and, and have at their disposal so we can get to the bottom of this. And he breaks on my show, uh, Senator, that apparently evidence has already been moved out of particular locations. What what is going on? What 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 well, can yeah, did, talk to us? That's news to me. Okay, um, but I will tell you that um, you know this all started when you go back to it. Uh, there was it was Burt Jones, William Ligon, myself, right, and right. Greg Dolezal right. who were calling for a special session just to look at irregularities. Number one, right. but also we wanted to have a special session to reverse the agreement that Raffin, Brad Raffensperger agreed that's to right. with the Democrats and and. Stacey Abrams. Right. And that's really what we wanted. And that's all we wanted to do. And then when we couldn't get a special session, we decided to do uh, judiciary hearings and William Ligon chaired those. And we've had over 12 hours of testimony mm-hmm. and it's been unbelievable testimony. And as I said yesterday in my closing comments, you, you really can't make this stuff up. I mean, it's just unbelievable um, what's happened and what we've uncovered. And uh, with this 12 hours of testimony and then hearing from Mr. Uh, Pulitzer, and seeing the technology he has that he's going to be able to take those ballots. And that's why I made that motion to get those ballots from Fulton County. And if Fulton County has nothing to hide and they're so pristine, they shouldn't have a problem with us running them through this, uh, this process to see if they're legitimate. And if they are legitimate, then this, this all goes away. If they're not, then we've got a problem if they're counterfeit. Um, And I can just tell you that when you watch that state farm arena tape, yeah. I mean, you see one woman taking the same set of ballots three times and right. counting the same ballots three times through the machine. That's right. Um, and so I don't know how anybody can mistake that for some shenanigans that happened uh, right. at between 10 and 1.30 in the morning uh, on election night at State Farm Arena. And, and, and let me tell you, there was nobody there to supervise. There, were no, there wasn't a Republican, a Democrat a media person or a secretary of state observer. So right there was the the law was broken. Absolutely. Well, I have to tell you, I spoke with the secretary of state's office in a private conversation. I spoke with uh, Jordan Fuchs, the deputy secretary of state, uh, along with Gabriel Sterling. And, and it was a background conversation and all bets are off at this point, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm not generally that kind of commentator. I'm not a reporter and I'm not a journalist, but I do act with integrity in my profession. But at this point, the gloves are off as far as I'm concerned. And the conversation that we had was extremely lackadaisical about that exact scenario. There was laughter on the conversation with regard to, well, you know, I mean, people were just dumb enough to leave, so they left and they weren't told to leave. They were just, you know, they just decided to go on home and the media went home too. He, he, ha, ha. Uh, And they just kept counting. Big deal. I'm like, well, it is a big damn deal. What do you mean, big deal? I mean, what happened to the, to the, to the sacredness of our vote, Senator? Like, what, what happened to uh, the, uh, the chain of command? Right, what with or the the chain of um custody, chain with, of custody. right? Yeah. I mean, all of that has been tossed out the window, and Fulton County's playing hot potato, and so is the legislature, as far as I'm concerned, with the exception of you gentlemen who have actually had the courage to step forward and say, "Okay, enough." You've actually represented not only your districts but the people of the United States of America. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot, uh, and whatever your answer is, is what it will be on the record. But why haven't we seen a special session in the state of Georgia? 
you know, I, I will tell you, I've been clamoring for special session uh, since day one to, to again, uh, reverse Brad Raffensperger's decision and also to look at irregularities and get to the bottom of it so it doesn't happen again on January 5th. I think we're now, you know, we're, only, yeah. we're done now. It's We've got election day left. But And I will tell you, we should have had a special session. I, I would tell you, I think the reason we haven't had a special session, special session is I think um, there's a few people, and uh, I can't speak for anybody, but right. I do know there are a lot of people that are scared of Stacey Abrams and think she'll sue us and yell and scream voter suppression. And I just don't buy that. I, right. And I'm not scared of Stacey Abrams. I think if she wants to sue us, that's what we have an attorney general for to to fight uh, the lawsuit and, and uh, you know, work for us. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I. I can't buy voter suppression. We had three weeks of early voting. We had Saturday early voting, Sunday's early voting. We had military ballots, absentee ballots. We had election day. If you wanted to vote in the November 3rd election, you had ample opportunity, even with COVID-19, to vote and be in a safe place to vote. I I just don't buy it. The protocols were in place for safety. And so we, and we had record numbers of votes. I mean, so I don't buy, uh, buy the voter suppression. What I do I'm concerned with is is voter protection and making sure that that voters that are playing by the rules uh, vote is not uh, diluted. And I'll give you an example. Um, I had a lady that called me and she said, Senator, I stood in line at the Alpharetta City Library for two hours, Mm -hmm. the second day of early voting. Mm -hmm. I went through, I showed my driver's license, photo ID. I signed my name. It matched the database system. They gave me a card and a stylus pen. I voted. It took me five minutes. I voted. I got my sticker, walked to my car, felt great about voting. Mm-hmm. Now I come to find out that absentee ballots didn't have to have any kind of identification. These signatures didn't have to match. Yep. And she said, I feel like my vote was compromised. I feel like my vote was diluted. And I feel like my vote didn't matter. And she said, Senator, I'm not going back January 5th. I said, ma'am, I agree with everything you said until that last statement. I need you to go back and vote January 5th. But that voter felt like she played by two different sets of rules, mm-hmm. one for in-person voting, showing an ID, and the signature matching with the ENET system database. Right. And then the absentee ballots, there were no rules because of that agreement with Brad Raffensperger. Exactly. And she feels disenfranchised. You always hear about Stacey Abrams talking about voter suppression and disenfranchising voters. Right. I can tell you this voter feels disenfranchised. She feels like her vote was not protected. Correct. We need to protect votes. Uh, we need to have a system that's uh, not played by one set of rules for absentee ballots and, and another set of rules when you vote in person. Yeah, amen. Uh, I, I want to so. say Lynn Wood's case has probably already made its way to the Supreme Court, if I'm not mistaken, about exactly that. Uh, he was initially shot down, I believe, here in the 11th Circuit, was it? But he filed against Fulton County for exactly that, for uh, for for not having equal protection with regard to his vote. He voted, I believe, in person. Uh, and the same protections, you know, the, the same requirements not put in place. Let me ask you something. How in the world does Chris Carr's office sign off on this? Talk about a leftist term, right, that's been completely hijacked, but illegitimate. But this, in fact, is an illegitimate agreement that Brad's office, Secretary of State of Georgia's office, made with the DNC um, at the behest of and with the approval and signature of Chris Carr's office. How does that happen, Senator? Well, I can tell you that's what we were fighting for, both 
Burt Jones, William Ligg, and Greg Dolezal and myself to go into special session to reverse that order. Okay. I don't believe that either one of them had the legal authority. It was the authority rested with the General Assembly. Uh, you cannot change election law mm-hmm. like they did without uh, General Assembly approval. And we didn't approve it. And we went back to session. If you remember, this all happened the first week of COVID right. that the uh, Secretary of State and I guess the Attorney General entered into this agreement. And and um, and then we came back in June after we took some time off because of COVID and we closed down. Then we came back in June and they could have brought that before us to vote on and they did not. And I contend they didn't have the authority to do that. Um, you can't change election law. I'll tell you another law that's being broken, these mobile voting units in Fulton County. That's right. Law, state law is very, very specific that a, a polling facility has to be either at a library a church, a school building, or a government facility. It does not say anything about mobile voting units going around and, and being right. able to move from place to place. And, and I think that's, uh, and, 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 you know, you said something a little while ago about you didn't, you, you thought they were flipping and they didn't flip it and didn't really kind of, they laughed and stuff. Right. I can tell you concerning this January 5th election, mm-hmm. I see no sense of urgency from the Secretary of State's office when it comes to the drop boxes, right. the chain of custody, these mo- mobile voting units in Fulton County, and the overall security around absentee ballots. I have pictures of absentee ballots sitting on the console of these mobile voting units and in the front seat of the car of the uh, mobile unit. And they're just laying there. Right. Uh, no, no sense of uh, security around them at all. And I will tell you this, I had somebody from Cobb County sent me four of them, and, and they're called drop box ballot transfer forms. Okay. They're all four different dates, uh, and when you add them all up, it's a little over a thousand votes. Okay. And the one I'll tell you about is, is uh, I'll tell you about one of them. They were picked, and these were all picked up by the collection team, the same two people. I won't name their names, but they were the same two people on all four of these. Okay. And the person that uh, received them at the county registrar's office was the same person. So it was a well-coordinated effort. These ballots were picked up at 1022, uh, on 1022 at 610 p.m. They were not brought to the Cobb County Election Office till 1025, three days later. The chain of custody was broken. They're supposed to pick those up, count them. These were 274 ballots on this transfer form. And they're supposed to go directly to the Cobb County Elections Office. Right. Where were those ballots for three days? Were they in somebody's trunk? Were right. they in somebody's house? I mean, garage? What, right. Where did the that is a a broken broken system of chain of custody? And Absolutely. and I don't understand why nobody's looking into this. I mean, this should be something the GBI should say. What the heck happened? And we should be questioning these two people that picked them up and then this one lady that signed for all of these and, mm-hmm. and get them under oath. And if they lie, they should uh, – somebody told them to do this. You Absolutely. follow me? It's the same with the State Farm Arena. Absolutely. If we should we should be – we should have those people under oath and They and should be in custody. I don't and, understand and why the GBI deposed. has not – exactly. And, and, and I would tell you they would they – would, I think they would sing like a canary and tell you who told them to do it. They didn't do that on their own. Absolutely This not. was a well-coordinated, orchestrated effort. 
to commit fraud. In Absolutely. My well, it, and you know what? Your opinion is completely 100% accurate. And I'm going to tell you, for years, I said on my former station, I said it for years and people would laugh at me that what happens in the beehive, people in surrounding areas need to concern themselves with. And, you know, people have made fun of the corruption of Fulton County for years, decades. And we all know it's corrupt, along with DeKalb County, whenever it comes to elections and most government functions. And now here we are, not only is it affecting every Georgian uh, in Georgia, but it's also affecting the entire country. So I hope this is a lesson to, you know, voters and to citizens that not to take your vote for granted and to understand that whenever you have got corruption, you have to root it out immediately. You you can't make fun right. of it. You can't negotiate with it. No. And as far as I'm concerned, the Secretary of State's office is complicit. I don't understand it. I don't know. Other than, like you said, uh, the legislature and I think a certain part of leadership down there at the Capitol with you all um, is very afraid of the appearance of suppression and the accusation of suppression. She has made, Stacey Abrams has made an absolute fortune on this one fake news mantra about suppression with regard to primarily, if we're really being honest, the black vote, uh, because that's her that's her chief complaint in, in this, everyone's complaint in municipal government uh, with regard to race relations. That's just how the state's divided, sadly. But I think they've all uh, capitulated. They've kowtowed. They have literally worshipped at the altar of this fake race, you know, relations, anti-race uh, relations and baiting and voter suppression, you know, goddess, if you will, that all of us are bowing to now. And it could very well cost us the presidential election. I'm well, I w- can Can you imagine if, the shoe is on the other foot, and and one of our folks, was right. Brian Kemp's brother, was the judge that, right. like Stacey Abrams' sister, right. just ruled against these ballots in Muskogee County. Correct. Uh, these uh, out-of-state voters in Muskogee right. County. No. We, they would be jumping up and down. Correct. And yet, we seem to think there's no problem with her sister being the, the judge in this right. No conflict of interest whatsoever. No conflict of interest. I mean, it's it's outrageous. It is outrageous. Um, And and the other thing that's outrageous, Gabe Sterling says, oh, this was a a well-run election. It's come to light now that even someone, a lady from Maryland, voted out of state using his address. Thank you. Thank you. When is this going to sink into people that there was – and the thing that really upsets me also is after the primary, not the general, but after the primary, there were a thousand people that double voted. And the Secretary of State, Raffensperger, had a press conference and he said, We will investigate these thousand people and we will prosecute. As of December 23rd, not one investigation or one prosecution from the primary. Then there was another 1,700 that double voted in the general. Right. Nothing's been done to any of those people. Monica, that's a felony Amen. to double vote. Right. Amen. And, and are they going to vote for the, on the 5th? Have they already voted for the runoff? And and I want to, yeah. on, on that, along those lines, and I'll let you go. I know you're on vacation and I really thank you for taking the time out to be here with me. Yeah. But I, but I'm, I'm curious, like how many people legitimately crapped their pants? Excuse the expression yesterday, whenever the polling station was hacked into real right. time in real time by Jovan's people or either Jovan, whomever it was uh, to prove a point that, Hey, 
we can actually get in here and people have been in here via the internet. So do you still feel like it's a safe bet to tell people that their vote for the Senate runoff is secure? And let me ask you this. Why hasn't anyone called for this runoff to literally take a back seat that we are not hosting a runoff right now? We try. Uh, we talked about it, and I came up with the idea that we should, through the governor, governor's emergency COVID powers, move the election back to February 1st That's right. so that we could get to the bottom of this. But obviously that did not happen, and it's too late now. But I will tell you this, and I'll close with this, Monica. I have had my cell phone on my state page and my website, and I've been very, very accessible mm-hmm. for eight years as, as a state senator. I have never received calls until after November 3rd. Now my phone has lit up and people are angry. They are upset. They're mad. And as I said in my closing statement yesterday to the chairman, I said, we saw this witness from Cobb County, how angry she was. She was shaking. She almost cried. And these aren't, these aren't witnesses that are expert witnesses that Mr. You know, Ray Smith or Mr. Cheely hired during a, a, a trial to be expert witnesses. These are, these are constituents. These are real people and that, that are taking time out of their schedule to come down to the Capitol to testify of what they saw and what they, they, they know that happened. And they're upset and they, they're angry and they, they want somebody to do something. They want us to take action uh, and do the right thing. And, and uh, that's the reason I made that motion to look at these ballots at Fulton County, these absentee ballots, because I think that's where the majority of the fraud happened. Uh, was in the middle of the night at State Farm Arena, absolutely, and and they were told to go home. It was a tweet from ABC News, even said people were told to go home. So yeah. um, I don't buy that they weren't told to go home, and um, I don't think those observers would have left. And and if we don't have security around these absentee ballots in Fulton and DeKalb and Cobb and Gwinnett uh, and Clayton and maybe even Chatham County for uh, January fifth, that's right. It could it could happen again. Absolutely. Well, I believe it's already happening. And that's just my two cents. And believe me, there are plenty of people ticked off with me because I I believe your vote's already compromised. I presented that in a conversation with Sidney Powell moons ago when we first started communicating. And I said, hey, can I just ask, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed in this whole group, but can I ask a question? Why are we moving forward with a compromise system for a Senate runoff that's literally going to determine the direction of the United States Senate? And, um, no, and, you know, and she asked the same question that very evening on Lou Dobbs. And, and she's been asking the question ever since. Regardless of what people think about the voting machines or Sidney Powell or Lynn Wood, people have latched on to a certain celebrity, if you will, uh, to say, well, he's crazy. She's crazy. My God, you got Eric Erickson over, you know, WSB radio calling people butt monkeys in his, I'm not kidding. I wish I was, uh, in his latest newsletter. That includes you, Senator Beach, because apparently, you are a, a crazy senile person who needs to have your head examined for calling people forward to try to get to the bottom of all of this voter uh, suppression, not suppression, but well, actually, you know what? This is an actual legitimate case of voter suppression. Whenever your vote yeah. is not protected, that suppresses your vote. So we can actually use that in a legitimate sense in this case. But it is maddening. Of course, people are pissed off. They're angry. They're fed up. They don't know who to trust. Uh, a lot of people are staying home. Um, and I and I want to just publicly applaud you. Thank you for you and Senator Ligon and the others for having the fortitude. Some have just felt like it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. But I heard you twice yesterday speak up and say, 
what about State Farm Arena? Can your technology uh, handle, you know, the State Farm Arena ballots, whether or not they were put through multitude of times? And Jovan looked at you and said, absolutely. Uh, and, and unequivocally, we can we can process those ballots and determine whether or not by our technology they have been processed multiple times. He said it today right here on my show as well, right. it, for sure. So I want to, I'm, you know what, here's well, where I am, Brandon. I want to see people arrested. I want to see people go to jail for interfering with our elections. And I know my listeners do too. And I do too. So we're going to get to the bottom of it. This has been an embarrassment. I'm not happy. And I will continue to fight the fight um, along with uh, Senators Jones, Ligon, and Dolezal. Uh, they're okay. calling us the Gang of Four, but we're going to keep fighting until we get to the bottom of it and, and make sure we're protecting all legal votes. I love so it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Absolutely. Be blessed. Right. Have a great vacation. Happy New Year. Same to you. Bye-bye, sir. Bye-bye. All right, guys. So, wow. I mean, I've got breaking news. I need to get off of these airwaves and make this uh, podcast available to people across the country. You heard, if you've stayed with me through this entire podcast, you heard what Jovan Pulitzer uh, announced exclusively here on this show. I think it's very important for this information to get out. Um, These are, we are down to the wire. We are down literally on like the two yard line. And as you can see, I mean, out of a state legislature of senators and an entire house, we literally have four Gentlemen who have been willing to step forward and protect your vote. Some of you have felt, myself included, admittedly, I felt like initially some of this was smoke and mirrors because people were not calling for a special session. I'm going to tell you something that Senator Beach could not say. Not that he would not, but if you know politics at all, he. I'm going to cover him in this. He he could not say. He did. He t- He told us really the crux of it. And, and really the reason why we didn't have a special session in the state of Georgia is because people are legitimately afraid of the likes of Stacey Abrams and her ilk and this continuous drip of, of just this maligning of anyone who's not of the left's persuasion and primarily of color, right? We've heard this for years, voter suppression, voter suppression, voter suppression. I mean, they give out gift cards. They have fur buses that go pick people up. I mean, they got magic. They have strippers with, I mean, it, it is beyond your wildest imagination and illegal imagination as to what Democrats will stoop to in order to not even um, inspire people to show up, right? Like who has to be, who needs to be inspired to show up and exercise a right that other people died to procure for you, that other people are dying for today to maintain the integrity of your vote. Why would you need a stripper gift card or a, you know, Toys R Us, uh, 20 bucks for your kids gift card or a 40 or, you know, uh, lottery tickets for life, you know, what, I mean, or, you know, uh, public transportation, for you and your 20,000 children for life. Yeah, I know. I sound like a bigot right now. I'm really not. My bi-ethnic kid actually speaks to that. But I'm fed up. I don't cow to those things. I don't kowtow. I don't bow at the, at the, at the feet of fear and fomenting fear and division. I hate it with an absolute righteous hate. And I'm going to tell you what happened to our Georgia State Legislature. 
They were threatened by leadership on both sides. They were set in, they were threatened by Senate leadership and they were threatened by House leadership. And I have this from the mouth of folks who serve you. Now, it's unfortunate that they couldn't rise up together collectively to defend our nation. They couldn't do it. These four men did and have bucked the system and have gone against the the system in order to represent you. I don't know what their future political intentions are, but I think it's worth remembering in the future. We spend a lot of time, I know I have, because I've seen a lot of crap, and I spend a lot of time bringing forth crap. And let me tell you, uh, Senator Brandon Beach and I have exchanged, we've had to make peace over the years. And he came to me and made peace with me because of an issue I had with him from years back. And I respect that. I respect that. More importantly, I respect the fact that he is willing to stand and to provide an avenue for your vote to matter, for your vote and your freedom to matter. I want you to take the time this week, and I want you to contact him, and I want you to contact Senator Ligon and the others, Dolezal and Jones. I want you to contact these gentlemen, and I want you to send a note of thanks, a a note of gratitude for having the heart and the mind of Christ. I don't even know if they're Christians, but I can tell you this. Anyone, and I'm going to close with this, anyone who is liberty, actually liberty-centric, according to the Constitution of this United States of America. Anyone who's liberty-centric, who is liberty-minded, who has the heart of liberty, is exercising the mind of Christ. You can take that to the bank. Now, I want you to be encouraged this weekend. I want you to be careful tonight. I want you to remain hopeful. I want you to hold Fulton County's feet to the fire in every way possible. I want you to quit hating on people who have been sent into battle to go ahead of you, whether you think they're crazy or they're Alex Jones people or whatever you think of Alex Jones. I'm not even going to get into all of that. But all of you guys hating on Lynn Wood and hating on Sidney Powell and, and all of these people that you've made you know, into celebrity status. So you know, if you disagree, then disagree. But let me tell you something. These folks are holding feet to the fire for you. So quit being so damn ungrateful. It's so hypocritical, especially here in the state of Georgia. A bunch of Bible-thumping hypocrites is what we have become. It is absolutely disheartening and maddening. It is time for us to come together around freedom. This is about your freedom. Your votes have been compromised in this United States Senate runoff. And God willing, Jovan and his team are going to be able to lead us through with their technology and get access. I imagine it's going to take a court order. This is what the Democrats do. They run out the clock through through a corrupt judiciary. We already know that. That's how it works here. Actually, that's how it works all around the country. And the clock is definitely running out. But I don't want you to be panicked about that. I want you to promise me right now that you're going to praise God 
as you roll into 2021 tonight at 12.01, that you praise God that all of this wickedness has been exposed, that every single person who's a part of it is exposed and dealt with according to uh, the rule of law and order and justice and swiftly. I want you to thank God for your families. Thank God for your health. I want you to ask God to open your eyes to see and to open your ears to have understanding and to open your hearts and to not grow hard, to not grow weary. This is not the time. I've been out the past week because I had to marry my baby off, but I'm back now and I'm on the field and I'm on the field with you and I'm not going anywhere until January 20th, whenever I report to you live from President Trump's second inauguration. You hear me? I want you to keep faith. I want you to keep hope. Keep hope alive. We serve the God of what? Hope. I love you. Thank you for joining me. You can catch my podcast all over the freaking place. Sign up today. MonicaMatthews.com as well. iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. You can go buy my merchandise too. If you are an American, act like one merchandise. Because at the end of the day, you're either about liberty or you're about oppression. So be good to your neighbor, beginning in your own mirror. Remember, if you're an American, act like one.